No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that as Israel forsakes the Lord to worship false gods, God delivers them into their enemies' hands. When they cry out to Him, He raises up judges to lead them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. The children of Israel left their enemies in the land. They did not obey the Lord in completely driving them out. Therefore, God would use these enemies to test his people to see if they would obey him. Ignoring God's commandments, they took wives for themselves from the Canaanite nations and then gave their daughters to marry Canaanite men. The results were predictable. These mixed marriages led Israel into idolatry. We continue today in Judges chapter 3, verse 7. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Cushan Rishathaim eight years. The Baals and Asherahs were the Canaanite gods and goddesses carved images. This was a violation of the first two of the Ten Commandments. Now, in the wilderness, when they worshipped the golden calf, Moses could hardly turn the Lord's wrath away from destroying the nation. No wonder God's anger burned against them now. Since they didn't want to serve the Lord, God gave them over to serve the king of Mesopotamia. His name means dark one of double evil. No doubt this was one bad dude to have ruling over you. And they served him for eight years. Verse 9, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over Cushan Rishathaim. So the land had rest for forty years, then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Now the children of Israel probably started praying almost immediately after they were oppressed. But it took eight years before they cried out with desperation. We would like to see genuine revival come to our country, but how desperate are we for it? How fervently are we willing to pray? Sadly, it often isn't until there is devastation that people pray with desperation. The Lord heard their cry and raised up a deliverer. It was Othniel, Caleb's nephew, who was also his son-in-law. He had proven himself a strong warrior in taking a city in Judah, but now the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. This is the first time in the Bible that we encounter this very important phrase, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. It is the source of power for doing the work of the Lord. 
Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. If we would experience God's power for witness and service, then this is exactly what we need. We must have the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us. Now that's in addition to our conversion. Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Spirit and with fire. We're told in Ephesians 5.18 to be filled with the Spirit. And we cannot do the work of the Lord without the Spirit's empowerment. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Othniel and he went to war against Cushan Rishathaim and Othniel defeated him. After this, the land enjoyed a rest for the next 40 years. You would think that the people would understand that they were much better off serving Yahweh rather than Baal, but that's not what happened. As soon as the restraints were lifted, they followed their idolatrous hearts once again. Verse 12, And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Then he gathered to himself the people of Ammon and Amalek, went and defeated Israel, and took possession of the city of Palms. So the children of Israel served Eglon, king of Moab, eighteen years. This is what makes the book of Judges so frustrating and depressing. They did evil in the sight of the Lord again. It makes you think, when will these people ever get it? This time, the enemies that God raised up against Israel were much closer to home. The Lord strengthened Eglon, who was the king of Moab, and he formed a confederacy with the people of Ammon and Amalek. What must have made this oppression particularly obnoxious to Israel was that these were all their relatives. Moab and Ammon were the sons of Lot, Abraham's nephew, and Amalek was the grandson of Esau. You could say that because of their disobedience, God raised up family trouble. Think of Eglon as being in the shape of an egg. He was a very fat man. After defeating Israel, he took possession of the city of Palms, which is Jericho. Whereas before Israel was under servitude for eight years, now it was for 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. By him the children of Israel sent tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Once again, this must have been a desperate cry, and the Lord was compassionate. God raised up Ehud, who was a left-handed man, an unusual characteristic in that culture. The children of Israel appointed him to bring their tribute to Eglon. Now, Ehud made himself a dagger. It was double-edged and a cubit in length, and fastened it under his clothes on his right thigh. This was a concealed weapon. The dagger had a blade 18 inches long. He concealed it on his right thigh. A right-handed person would never hide his weapon there. Ehud was using his left-handedness as an advantage. So he brought the tribute of Eglon, king of Moab. 
Now, Eglon was a very fat man. And when he had finished presenting the tribute, he sent away the people who had carried the tribute. Bringing the tribute would have gained the king's trust. Sending away the delegation would have given Ehud opportunity to be alone with the king. But he himself turned back from the stone images that were at Gilgal and said, I have a secret message for you, O king, he said. Keep silence. And all who attended him went out from him. So Ehud came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Evidently, Ehud had left with the delegation, but when he reached the stone images, he turned around to go back to Eglon, perhaps seeing these idols encouraged him to follow through with the plot. He told Eglon that he had a secret message from God for him. The king foolishly let his attendants go so that they were now alone. Then Ehud reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade and the fat closed over the blade for he did not draw the dagger out of his belly and his entrails came out. The hilt in those days was usually about 12 inches long. So for the blade and the hilt to be completely buried in Eglon's fat meant that there was about 30 inches of metal inside him. The blade came out the other side so that his entrails came out. And the meaning of the Hebrew word is most likely excrement. What a gory way for this Moabite king to die. But war is ugly. Then Ehud went out through the porch and shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. And when he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to look and to their surprise, the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said he is probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. So they waited till they were embarrassed and still he had not opened the doors of the upper room. Therefore, they took the key and opened them and there was their master fallen dead on the floor. Eglon's attendants thought he was relieving himself, so they gave him more time. But while they waited, Ehud made a clean getaway. But Ehud had escaped while they delayed and passed beyond the stone images and escaped to Seira. And it happened that when he arrived, he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim and the children of Israel went down with him from the mountains and he led them. Then he said to them, follow me for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him, seized the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over. And at that time, they killed about 10,000 men of Moab, all stout men of valor. Not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest for 80 years. It's interesting that as they had about twice as long of servitude under the king of Moab versus the king of Mesopotamia, now they had twice as long of rest with the deliverance of Ehud versus Othniel. This is the longest period of rest in the book of Judges. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. 
Now, I think this is one of the most interesting stories. This is all we know about Shamgar. An ox goad was a strong pole about eight feet long. At one end was a sharp metal point for prodding the ox, and at the other end a spade for cleaning the dirt off the plow. It's likely that the enemy had confiscated the weapons of the Israelites so that this was the closest thing to a weapon that Shamgar had. The lesson is clear. Use whatever tool God has given you. Even the most ordinary thing can be mightily used when it is offered up to God, whether it's Moses' rod, Shamgar's ox goad, or the boy's five loaves of bread and two fish. Whatever we offer to the Lord, he can multiply and mightily use in his kingdom. I hope you are beginning to be encouraged as you study through Judges. It is depressing to see the children of Israel return to evil again and again. However, it is also encouraging that God can use ordinary people like us, often with odd characteristics, to accomplish His will. Give to God what you have. Pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and then courageously do your duty. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see that Israel backslides, is oppressed by the enemy, and then cries out to the Lord. So God raises up a prophetess named Deborah to judge Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible.